episode 132 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about the great social media purge of 2021. Before I get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're online and topics such as the purge of social media sites, the 2020 presidential election, secession, Walter E. Williams, or big tech censorship comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean.com, BitChute, Brighteon, ThinkSpot, and Rumble. And I even post a highlight on Instagram as well. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. I would consider episode 126, The Truth About Big Tech Censorship, a prerequisite for today's episode. There's a lot of background in that episode that I'm going to skim over today, so check that out at your convenience. As I predicted over a year ago, Trump's online presence would eventually be eliminated by big tech. It was only a matter of time. Now that the election is over, now that it's clear to anyone with eyes and ears that the election results, at least in a few states, were suspect, but they got away with it, now that the left got away with pushing the fake Russia collusion story for three years, now that the Republican Party has officially disassociated itself from Trump, now that the House has impeached Trump twice, now big tech can purge the internet of all things Trump. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Shopify. And of course, the cowards who run large corporations are piling on the dump Trump movement. The PGA is removing tournaments from his golf courses. He's losing leases on some of his golf courses. Financial institutions are ending relationships with him. Once he is out of office, make no mistake, they will continue to hound him via the purge and countless lawsuits and boycotts of his businesses. Then we had Parler, a free speech alternative to Twitter, dropped by Amazon's AWS cloud platform and Parler's attorneys and texting and email services all dropped them in one day. The pretext for the action was violent content on the platform. Keep in mind that Twitter is also hosted by AWS, a platform where death threats and violent language is the norm. Who will defend Parler from this obvious collusion? I mean, how many Alan Dershowitzes are there out there? Then the CEO of Parler was forced to flee his home with his family because of death threats. Ah, the purge is on. So, how did we get here? Well, it's simple. Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's what Lord Acton said, and that's what we have in America today. Historically speaking, speech censorship and speech codes are really nothing new. I mean, hell, the second president of the United States, John Adams, pushed and passed and signed the Alien Sedition Act, for crying out loud. Woodrow Wilson was fond of silencing dissent. What about the South under segregation? Anyone remember apartheid South Africa? Or how about the Nazis? This is particularly interesting given the left's habit of calling conservatives and Trump supporters Nazis, clearly demonstrating their ignorance of history and lack of intellectual honesty. 
Back to my point. How about the USSR, the Russia Revolution? You ever heard of the Red Terror? What about China? The entire society is one big censor. For anyone who has paid the least bit of attention, you could see this purge coming for at least five years. It all started in earnest in 2016, leading up to the presidential election. See, what was happening then that so alarmed big tech and national Democrats was traffic to non-liberal media outlets was going through the roof. Sites like Breitbart, Gateway Pundit, Zero Hedge, and others were seeing massive traffic. What to do, what to do? Well, they throttled them all down, meaning they manipulated how wide their stories were distributed on their platforms. Facebook even did this to conservative radio talk show hosts in mid-sized markets. There were significant decreases in traffic on these sites. That was their trial run. That was just the beginning. Remember what Senator Lindsey Graham said to the Democrats on his committee after the Brent Kavanaugh fiasco? Boy, you all want power, and I hope you never get it. Well, you know what? They're drunk on power now. After getting away with what they did to Trump, there is nothing to stop them from taking this further. They've got the media on their side who parrots whatever comes out of their mouth. They have a neutered National Republican Party that offers no resistance. And if all else fails, they simply dial up their mostly peaceful rent-a-mob and start threatening dissenters individually or burning Democrat-run cities with the blessing of the city's mayors. Let's look at the Purge timeline. First, they went after fringe characters like Alex Jones of InfoWars and former Breitbart editor Milo Yiannopoulos. Then it expanded to the likes of Laura Loomer, Paul Joseph Watson, Nick Monroe, Roger Stone, Tommy Robinson, Carl Benjamin, and Gavin McGinnis. You might be thinking, it's just misfits and malcontents that got busted. Who cares? Or you think, well, it's just conservatives and Trump supporters, and since Trump is the devil, who gives a shit? You should care, because they will come for you at some point. Totalitarians never know when to stop. More on that in a minute. Do you remember the purge of Gab.com, a free speech Twitter alternative? That was a trial run for Parler's banishment. Check this out. Gab was banned by a host of payment processors and hosting companies. It was blocked from both Apple and Google's App Store, which between the two of them owns 98% of the market. They have been subject to corporate censorship. GoDaddy killed their account. The bright side of the Gab story is it has to build all of its infrastructure on its own to get around the corporate censorship, and they now offer that to other free speech platforms. Then there was Brighteon.com. That's a YouTube alternative. It was banned from Facebook. What was their crime? They allowed free speech on their platform. What, you say? Free speech in America? What's wrong with that? They allowed a video that was counter to the Democrat-induced hysteria about COVID-19, specifically a documentary called Plandemic. You cannot link to anything with the Brighteon.com URL in Facebook. It was a blanket ban. And it still stands today. This is but six months later. I just tried to paste the Brighteon URL from one of my podcast episodes into my Facebook feed. And it said, quote, This URL goes against our community standards on spam. Then Facebook took down the Walk Away Facebook page. What was their thought crime? Well, see, that page is dedicated to people who leave the Democratic Party. Can't let people read how normal former Democrats think. Then they took out the president. Then they took out Parler. Now they're going after gun websites. 
Ron Paul was even kicked off temporarily. Then Kurt Schilling, the former baseball great, AIG canceled his insurance policy because of his social media profile. What was his thought crime? He's a Trump supporter. Conservative Treehouse was removed from WordPress. MailChimp blacklisted several conservative groups. One American News Network was demonetized by YouTube. Along the way, consider all the public pronouncements by prominent Democrats advocating and encouraging the purge. From two former first ladies, Kamala Harris, AOC, Schumer, Pelosi. Meanwhile, left-wing whack jobs and violent Antifa types remain untouched on these platforms. No censoring of people calling for the burning of cities or Holocaust deniers or death to America, threats of violence towards conservatives. You can hashtag assassinate Trump and kill fill in the blank and none of that crosses the line that Parler and all these other people crossed. So you say, why are they doing this? Why the purge? Why the endorsement of the purge by the National Democrats? And why the silence on the part of the establishment Republicans? Well, there are many reasons. Some of them include because they can, or because they are cowards. They are afraid as a company of the outrage mob and often their own employees. They can do it because of the ignorance on the part of the populace that allows them to get away with it. They do it because they need to control the narrative, but can't if there's dissenting voices. They do it because they are totalitarians. They do it because they don't value the Constitution. They are paternalistic. They are anti-freedom. And they do it because they are godless, meaning they do not worship big G God. They worship a bunch of little G gods. Political correctness, wokeness, the environment, power, control, sex, abortion, a political party, an ideology. It's important for you to understand that in order for the left to maintain power, they must control the narrative and control the language. They must suppress speech. They do not value free speech. In fact, free speech is their enemy. If people can point out the absurdity of the left's agenda, it crumbles. Universities, schools, Hollywood, cancel culture, all of it is speech suppression. The first time I became aware of this phenomenon was when Rush Limbaugh played a montage of media types repeating the same phrase, gravitas, when reporting on George Bush's choice of Dick Cheney as his running mate. Since then, I've seen it over and over and over again. It's almost like the talking points are sent out in the morning and all of these mind-numb robot talking heads just repeat them verbatim. You know how it goes. Abortion is a choice, not murder. The Supreme Court is supreme. They issue rulings and decisions, not opinions. Systemic racism. Trump supporters are in league with the KKK, Nazis, alt-right, white supremacists, and any other group you can think of. Things like follow the science and mostly peaceful protesters, social justice, equity, equality. What fraud in the election? Insurrection, occupation, siege, attack at the Capitol. Controlling the narrative requires the forbidding of dissent from the leftist narrative that is repeated over and over and over again by the media. Well, what about free speech? This is America. In my mind, limiting speech is antithetical to the very foundation of America. Speech should be encouraged, not limited. And I think if you surveyed 100 Americans, I'm guessing about 85% would agree with those statements. Do you? The First Amendment's pretty clear. Well, well, you say the First Amendment only applies to the federal government, not private companies. That's an excellent point, but here's the thing. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and other platforms like them would not have a business at all if it weren't for government protection by way of law. 
specifically Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. And because these companies have failed to comply with this law, as demonstrated by the online censorship and purging, Trump was pushing to repeal that law altogether. For a full explanation of Section 230, please listen to Episode 126, but suffice it to say, the law provides legal protection or immunity from liability to social media platforms for online speech by their users, as long as the company was acting as a platform open to all comers. So essentially, if people go on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube and start talking shit about other people, you can't sue the platform. The problem for the platforms is that protection only exists if they are just a platform that does not censor its content. Once they start doing that, they lose the protection. They essentially become a publisher like any other news outlet or newspaper with full libel and slander liabilities. As I've said earlier, and as I've said repeatedly in other episodes, the left cannot allow free speech because they are afraid. They know their agenda is not popular. They know it is indefensible. They know it is illogical. They know they cannot defend it in the arena of ideas. So they conjure up lies which are repeated by the media and establishment politicians over and over again. You repeat a lie long enough and it becomes the truth to the ignorant and ill-informed. There really are a never-ending list of lies. You know the usual ones from Obama. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor or... The ACA will reduce medical costs by $2,500 a year. Going back even further, the Tea Party is racist. You've got Trump is a Russian agent. Jacob Blake was unarmed. Breonna Taylor was murdered in cold blood. George Floyd was viciously murdered. Mostly peaceful protests. Trump only paid $750 in taxes. There is zero evidence of voter fraud. Those are just a handful of lies that have been fed to us over and over again. Oftentimes, what is not said is more important than what is said, such as months of rioting largely were, was ignored by the mainstream media. Does anyone from the left speak up when Marxists burn down cities? Hell no. Prominent Democrat politicians and talking heads celebrate and encourage it. Look up a montage of Kamala Harris, Maxine Waters, Hillary Clinton, Chris Cuomo, Trevor Noah, Joy Reid, Nancy Pelosi, all these people encouraged these riots. Kamala Harris even raised money to pay the bail for those who were arrested. Speaking of Harris and lies by omission, have you ever heard about Kamala Harris's rise to power in California via Willie Brown? If you're interested, check out episode 111, The Truth About Kamala Harris. You never hear opposing opinions about the COVID-19 masks and lockdown. Do you even know who Tara Reid is? Are you aware of the massive riots in D.C.? during Trump's inauguration? Think about how the Hunter and Joe Biden corruption and influence peddling story was blocked by the mainstream media. They blacklisted and blocked the entire story. Remember? You couldn't even post the New York Post expose. They have treated the accusations of voter fraud and voting irregularities and a documentary critical of Antifa with similar lack of interest. Because, you know, there isn't any fraud and Antifa is just an idea. Back during the previous election, we got no discussion about Hillary's health, no discussion about her illegal email server, or Benghazi, or any of the other clusterfucks that she was involved in. Just cover it up. With all of that said, why is there only nominal opposition by national Republicans to all this nonsense? Most remain silent. Well, number one, they're cowards. Number two, they get money from big tech, too. Former Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard recently blew the whistle on this scheme. 
See, big tech hosts parties in D.C. They invite members of Congress and they essentially hand out checks by way of political donations to everybody. They are all bought and paid for. You think Nikki Haley or Marco Rubio or Mitt Romney have the balls to stand up to a left-wing mob? Oh, hell no. They think if they play nicey-nice, they will be left alone. I have news for them. You're next. One of the most effective ways of controlling the narrative is to march to a never-ending group of boogeymen before the population. You know, never let a crisis go to waste. No crisis, no problem. We'll just manufacture one via boogeymen. They're everywhere. Trump and his supporters are, of course, boogeyman number one. Think about it. Every other word out of Hillary's mouth is white supremacist. AOC, Schumer, Pelosi. Russians, alt-right, QAnon. No one even knows what the hell that is, but they're out there. Interesting how they never point to China or big tech. I mean, it's Russia, 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 and big oil and big pharma. But we never hear about the boogeyman China or the boogeyman big tech now. Why is that? Money, money, money. What about the militarization of Washington, D.C. ahead of Biden's inauguration? All of the fake claims of massive protests around the country. Even members of the National Guard are boogeymen because they may be closet Trump supporters and sabotage the inauguration. Boogeymen everywhere. Another technique employed by the left to control the narrative is something I call I dare you. The most recent example I can provide is the election fraud narrative. Have you noticed that we are not allowed to discuss voting irregularities, improprieties, and illegalities? There was no fraud. Don't talk about it. There wasn't much fraud. Don't talk about it. There's not enough fraud to overturn the election. Don't talk about it. I mean, hell, Facebook blacklisted the phrase stop the steal. Another favorite technique to control the narrative is whataboutism. It combines the I dare you technique with an admonishment not to compare similar situations and point out hypocrisy and double standards. For example, the left went batshit crazy because a few Republicans objected to some electors in the 2020 presidential election. When you state the obvious that Democrats objected to more states during the 2017 elector certification process, we are summarily dismissed and told to stop with the whataboutism. We are told that Democrats were simply lodging protest objections, just trying to bring visibility to the situation. You know, the situation being the fake Russia collusion narrative. The difference with the 2021 objections were based on unsubstantiated, false claims of massive voter fraud. It was sedition. See how the I dare you technique complements the whataboutism technique? Here's another example. Don't you dare compare the riots from the summer by BLM and Antifa to the march on the Capitol by Trump supporters because there was a real reason for the BLM Antifa marches. Police brutality. Despite the fact that there was no evidence of racist cops killing unarmed black people, all you gotta do is look at the FBI stats. I think the Washington Post maintains a database and publishes it each year. And despite the fact that every case they used to justify the riots were based on false narratives. Check out episodes 107 and 117 about George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Yet because the narrative dice have been cast, the speech police will squash dissent or people trying to speak the truth. Here's another example of the, this type of speech logic that these techniques are devised to censor. They say Trump is guilty of inciting violence at the Capitol due to his inflammatory rhetoric. 
Well then, one could, could surmise that Obama is guilty of inciting the violence in Dallas in 2016, which resulted in the death of six police officers. After all, his inflammatory rhetoric about the police being racist could be interpreted as provoking the attack and murders. If Trump is guilty of inciting violence at the Capitol, then Bernie Sanders is guilty of inciting the violence in D.C. in 2017 when a gunman, one of Bernie's supporters, opened fire on a softball field full of congressional Republicans. After all, his inflammatory rhetoric about how the Republicans were going to destroy and defund various welfare programs could be interpreted as provoking the assassination attempt. Trump attempted a coup when a bunch of idiots broke into the Capitol, but the Russia collusion hoax was never labeled a coup. You can see how sinister the attempt to control the narrative is. It's very totalitarian. Remember earlier when I presented reasons why we are experiencing this purge? Because they can, because they need to control the narrative, etc. Well, one of the other reasons I offer was because they are totalitarians. They are paternalistic, anti-freedom. They hate the Constitution. They are godless. Well, that is totalitarianism in a nutshell. Paternalistic, anti-freedom, anti-God. Now, when you hear the word totalitarian, maybe you think about the Soviet Union back in the day. What we have in America, as demonstrated by the social media purge, is soft totalitarianism. Let's start with some definitions. Totalitarianism was really perfected under Mussolini, who defined it as everything within the state, nothing outside the state, nothing against the state. In other words, nothing can be permitted to exist that contradicts society's ruling ideology. Totalitarians, whether old line or soft totalitarians, both require the removal of big G God from society. In many regards, totalitarians are worse than dictators. See, dictators can make life difficult for you, but they don't want to devour your soul. Totalitarians, on the other hand, seek your soul, as demonstrated by the extent they go to control the narrative and gaslight. Totalitarians try to replace all prior traditions and institutions. Their end game is to bring all of society under control of their ideology. Single party rule, the purging of dissenting ideas online. They want to define and control reality, i.e. control the language and the narrative. Truth is whatever they say it is. They want to control not only your actions, but your thoughts and your emotions. You must pledge allegiance to a set of progressive beliefs, many of which, as I have documented over and over again, are incompatible with logic and certainly incompatible with Christianity. Soft totalitarianism does not look like the Soviet Union, which used hard means like armed revolution or gulags to enforce its ideology. It does it in soft forms. It's presented as therapeutic. It masks its hatred of dissenters in the guise of helping and healing. Basically, soft totalitarianism masquerades as kindness, compassion, and taking care of the downtrodden. But as with all totalitarians, dissension is not allowed. Violence is justified if perpetrated against the dissenters. There are no principles like the Constitution, the Ten Commandments, natural law, Judeo-Christian values. None of it's even considered. There is a perpetual search for victims of whom justice is required, i.e. social justice. Soft totalitarianism is about forced conformity. It's not enough to silence the dissent. You must destroy the dissenter. Look at what's happened to Trump and anyone who stood up for him. The old totalitarians ruled through the threat of pain or through force. The new totalitarians rule through manipulation. That's why the media is so powerful. Disinformation, omission, propaganda, and flat-out lies. 
It's not easy to manipulate people who know who they are, know history, know the truth, those who worship Big G God, and not the state or a cause. Which is why so much propaganda and disinformation and outright fake news is distributed. It's meant to overwhelm you, make you second-guess yourself, your gut, your instincts. It's why God has been removed from the public square. It's easier just to drink what they pour than to ask what's in the cup. Just go along to get along. So what's next? I mean, it seems like every day there's more and more examples of purges. I don't see the trend abating anytime soon. There will be more and more purges of dissenting voices, including members of Congress. Why the hell not? They did it to a sitting president. The pressure on cable outlets to drop Newsmax and OAN and I guess Fox News will continue to mount. We'll see if the cable outlets are willing to commit corporate suicide by bowing to the left-wing mob. I, for one, will cancel my DirecTV subscription the minute they drop any of these channels. I don't watch much TV other than sports, but I would not hesitate to pull the plug. What else is next? Well, there'll be more purging of alternative platforms like Rumble, Telegram, BitChute, Signal. Remember, the goal is single-party rule. Democrats, of course. And along with that is the monolithic belief system when it comes to public policy. Given the ever-changing landscape of the permissible language and the acceptable narrative, they will eventually eat their own. Think about what's happened to Ellen DeGeneres or Dave Rubin. Totalitarians never know when to stop. There are no brakes on the T-train. We will also see the continuation of the normalization of left-wing violence and violent rhetoric. Past and future Democrat members of Congress, former Attorney General Eric Holder, Obama, they've all used inflammatory language to incite their supporters. And after all, all successful totalitarians must be backed up by thugs willing to put down the dissenters who dare to stand up rhetorically. But sadly, what is really next for us is a social credit score system in some form or fashion. If you are curious how this has played out to an extreme, listen to episode 61, the truth about the Chinese social credit score system. It's already starting with prominent Democrats and media editors, suggesting that no one should ever hire anyone who has worked for the Trump organization. What about someone who attended a Trump rally or supported him? AOC and others have suggested that a list of all Trump supporters be kept. You know the tolerant, inclusive left wing cannot leave any room for dissent or critical thinking. Nope, you are either with them or against them. The massive data collection by both government and corporate entities is another component of soft totalitarianism, much of which we give voluntarily. It enables the government to basically sift through their data looking for crimes if it so chooses. We have license plate scanners, facial recognition software capabilities, all to track our movements. We already know what the NSA is doing online. And then think about our digital footprint, our financial, online preferences, purchases, and social media movements. All of that data is sitting in databases somewhere. So to say we live in interesting times is a major understatement. More appropriately, we are living in dangerous times. We are living in a post-constitutional America where free speech is under assault by a corrupt political party whose agenda is being implemented by a few large big tech firms. Basically, the system is rigged. Voting no longer matters, at least in some states. You will not be permitted to voice an opposing opinion on social media. You will not be allowed to start an alternative platform to compete with these corrupt, censoring big tech giants. You may lose your job, be bounced out of the banking system, lose your insurance, have your website hosting and payment processing dropped, all for the sin of thinking for yourself and opposing the party line. My call or caution to all of you who consider yourself left-leaning is 
Remain silent at your own peril. You think you're safe from the purge? You think that totalitarians won't find a thought crime in your closet? What is deemed offensive is ever-changing. You can't possibly keep track of it. You will eventually step over the line and outrage someone. You too will be silenced and purged. Might as well go down swinging, speaking the truth, denouncing what is wrong, rather than sit silently while God-given and constitutionally protected rights are routinely violated. Have some guts. And that's the truth about the great social media purge of 2021. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.